Chapter 18 of Remodeled Farmhouses by Mary H. Northend. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Cynthia Moyer. Chapter 18 The Franklin Brett House. Floors are an important detail in the remodeled house. Sometimes the original building has many that are in fairly good condition so that they can be saved. There is a great advantage in keeping these old floors if possible, for they were made with plain edge of strong timber and laid close together. The earliest floors were not double in treatment, therefore the edges had to be either lapped or rabbited. These wide boards that were used in the early construction stand the test of furnaces and modern heating a great deal better than do modern ones of the same width. The latter are much more apt to shrink and open joints. It will be found that the better floors are in the second story in almost every house. It is probable, however, that if you are remodeling your house, you will have to lay at least one or more floors, and in such cases, matched hemlock is the most advisable for the underfloor, but the boards should be laid diagonally and close together. The usual method is to lay them matching the upper floor. It is a great mistake even if advised to do so by an architect to lay only one floor, for with shrinkage come cracks through which cold air and dust can rise. Even a carpet does not remedy the trouble. Hardwood boards make the most popular floors and come in varying thicknesses, the oak being generally three-eighths of an inch thick and the North Carolina pine averaging seven-eighths of an inch. Both are employed for new floors and for recovering old softwood ones. The narrow width of oak is more satisfactory as the narrower the stock, the smaller the space between the strips and the less danger of unsightly appearance. They may be a little more expensive than the wider ones, but they make a much better showing. Then, too, the shading and figure blend more harmoniously than when the broader strips are employed. Narrow widths also obviate any danger of the flooring strips cupping, as they are laid and stay absolutely flat. One should be careful not to lay oak flooring while the walls and plaster are damp. In fact, if you have to do much remodeling, the floor should be the last thing attended to, as it is a better plan to get everything else done and thoroughly dried, even to painting, wall hangings, and decorating. Hard pine is best for the kitchen as it does not splinter, is more reasonable in price, and has fine wearing qualities. 
it must be taken into consideration that oak flooring is cheaper in the end than carpet. A yard of carpet is twenty-seven inches wide by three feet in length, and contains six and three-quarters square feet. Clear quartered oak flooring can be bought, laid, and polished for one dollar per carpet yard, and when you consider the lasting qualities of the wood and the beauty of a polished floor, you will make no mistake to put in one of the better quality, more sanitary, and the best background for rugs, instead of laying a floor of cheap wood. Carpets, with the exception of straw matting, are inadvisable for a home like this. They are unsanitary, hold the dust, and are not nearly as attractive as rugs. These may vary in price with the purse of the owner, and can range from oriental rugs, costing hundreds of dollars, to the simple rag rug which is always appropriate and in good taste. The absolute carrying out of the colonial idea is not necessary, for it would not be appropriate to have old-fashioned rag mats in every room of the house. They can be used, however, in the dining room or in the chambers, and today the woven rag carpets and mats are so attractive in their weave and so lasting that they are satisfactory adjuncts to the house furnishings. In the parlor and living room, while they can be used if desired, there are so many attractive low-priced rugs both oriental and domestic, that it is an easy matter to get something both suitable and in good taste. This attention to floors and their covering is nowhere better shown than in the Franklin Brett House at North Duxbury, Massachusetts. This house, which is over 250 years old, was put up at auction several years ago, at just the time when the present owner was looking for an old farmhouse to remodel. It was a double house that had been occupied by two families. The frame, excepting certain parts of the first floor joints and also portions of the sills, was in very good condition, but the first floor boarding was badly worn and was not fit to be retained for use. It was replaced by a new one of narrow boards. The second story, however, was in much better condition, and the floors, with the exception of the one in the bathroom, could all be used. The house was particularly ugly, displaying a combination of bright yellow paint and dark red trim, and the exterior was wholly devoid of any artistic design. At the front of the house there was a wide porch, just a simple flooring and two doors that stood side by side. The old place was so forlorn that it was bid on during the excitement of the auction partly out of sympathy. 
it showed so little possibilities that at first the owner was doubtful whether it had been a good purchase, for the building did not in any way fit his ideal of what was desired in order to make a suitable summer home. After careful examination, however, various possibilities were discovered indicating that there was a very good chance to make it attractive. Originally, the house was built for one family only. In architecture, it was square-framed, containing two stories and an attic, with L's at the rear and one side, and a deep sloping roof broken by two chimneys. In the old house there were nine rooms on the first floor and five rooms and a hallway on the second. Some of these on the first floor have been combined by removing partitions to make a living room and dining room together with a hallway. In the living room were found some hand-hewn second-floor joists, and it was decided to leave these exposed and plaster in between them instead of bringing the ceiling down to its original level. In practically every room the plaster was in good condition and needed only to be treated in places. The chimneys were touched up wherever needed, but on the whole very few repairs were necessary. In the lower story today there are four rooms and a good-sized hall, while the second story is divided into six rooms and a bathroom. Five additional windows were added downstairs, and two in the second story, in order to secure proper light. Very little new material was put into the house, the work consisting chiefly of tearing out old material and patching woodwork and plaster. At the rear of the house, on a line with the larger L, the smaller kitchen L having been torn down, a rustic pergola was constructed and a covered veranda, over which grapevines were trained for shade. The roof was partially reshingled, and the house was painted light gray with white trim with green for the blinds. At the front, a colonial porch was added with latticed sides and a settle, which is in direct keeping with the architecture of the house. In its remodeled condition, with its setting of closely cropped lawn, it bears little resemblance to the ugly farmhouse of a few years ago. There was no plumbing in the old house, so a single bathroom was put in, a hot water boiler was added in the kitchen, and a hot air engine and pump were installed in the cellar which furnish water under pressure from a thousand-gallon supply tank. Later on, a hot water heater was installed so that with the modern improvements the house was made very comfortable for habitation all the year round if desired. The original parlor on the left has been utilized for a morning room. The bedroom, 
dining room and pantry have been combined into a living room the partitions between the old hallways have been removed converting them into one good-sized hall the remaining portion of the old dining room has been made into a large pantry the kitchen in the main l has been left practically unchanged as to size and shape although the shed opening from it as well as the kitchen itself have been entirely renovated and equipped with up-to-date improvements paint and paper and rugs have effected an interior transformation that is most attractive there are no doors in the house wide openings making it appear as though it were one large room the hallway is entered from the colonial porch and is unique because of its spaciousness the stairs are at the further end opposite the door the colonial atmosphere has been maintained in the wall hangings the braided rag mats and the old furniture at the left of the hall is the morning room with its wide open fireplace its colonial paper and oriental rugs which are in color tones to correspond with the paper opening from this room is the living room where the same kind of rugs are laid on the hardwood floor in this room after the house was purchased a fireplace was discovered hidden away behind the partition it was opened up and restored to its original size at one side a closet was glassed in while in either corner cozy built-in settles give an inglenook effect that is very interesting the furnishings are wholly colonial and in keeping with the general character of the apartment here the low stud the beamed ceiling the depth and lightness of the room are most attractive from the long french window one steps out on grassland which commands a most attractive vista of shrubbery and trees in the planting around the house great care has been taken to secure shade and picturesqueness so that in its new life the remodeled farmhouse is surrounded by charming effects on the opposite side of the hallway one enters the long dining room it is finished in red and white with one-toned hangings at the farther end is a quaint corner cupboard a handsome fireplace has been introduced at one side many of the pieces in this room are very rare especially the hepplewhite sideboard the chair table that was once owned by governor bradford and the rush-bottomed chairs long glass windows open on the side veranda and combine with attractively grouped windows to make this room light and cheerful opening out of this is the pantry conveniently equipped with cupboards and shelves and beyond is the kitchen and shed 
which have been made entirely modern in their appointments. The chambers upstairs are large, square, and fitted up with furniture of the period. In taking a secret cupboard out of a closet, there was discovered some paneling that had been plastered and papered over. On removing the plaster, it was found that the whole side of the room was paneled. By the restoration of this old-time finish, the chamber became even more indicative of the period in which it was built. Here the wall hangings are all colonial in design. Few houses, even among the many that are being restored, have retained the old-time atmosphere throughout as completely as has this farmhouse. Each room has been made comfortable and given an air of space, and consistency has been shown in the furnishing, thus securing a result that is perfectly harmonious and in the best of taste. By comparing the appearance of the old house at the time of its purchase with the results that have been obtained, one realizes how much thought and care have been put into its every part. The lines remain the same, but have been extended by the introduction of the pergola at one side and a porch which are very attractive features in themselves the combination of old and new correctly treated has done much to make a harmonious whole end of chapter 18